Good morning. Welcome to chapel. Um, this week is cold, uh, but we are excited to be together. Hey, uh, as you saw in the video, uh, we are going to do Film Fest this Saturday night. So Film Fest will be this Saturday, 8 p.m. We're going to do it in a few rooms throughout campus, so you have to get a ticket if you want to come. Uh, just come down to the Center for Student Engagement this week. Uh, tickets are free this year because, hey, uh, we need some free stuff. Let's, let's have a good time. So Film Fest is going to be great. We've got, um, we've got five films to, to premiere this weekend, uh, from your classmates. So check that out. Uh, Friday night, uh, we're doing a great event. The Black Student Union's putting on an event called Black Voices for Black History Month. That will be a poetry and song, et cetera, just sharing a little bit about, uh, black culture with us here at Geneva. So come out the sky Friday night, 8 p.m. to learn a little bit or to, to, to just enjoy, uh, the Black Voices event. Uh, today, something, something crazy is happening on campus. Uh, we're having a drum circle. Uh, you may not know this, but we have a, a great uh, alumni uh, in the community. Her name's Rochelle Burks, who loves doing drum circles. So 4 p.m. today, come join us in Sky. We've got some drums, and we're going to do a, a good old-fashioned drum circle. So you're not going to want to miss that. That's happening today. All right, drum circle, film fest. There's a ton of stuff. Go to geneva.edu slash student events. There's at least three things happening every day. So you can't say there's nothing happening. You can say, oh yeah, there's a website that tells me where everything happens. So, hey, welcome to chapel. We're glad you're here. Uh, let's get our hearts uh, attuned to our, our savior. Good morning. Do you need this? Okay, I'll put it in here. Welcome to chapel on this chilly, chilly morning. But the sun is out, right? That's like diamonds in the snow. It's pretty cool. Jesus Christ is our king, right? Jesus Christ is also our high priest. That's the, that's the theme of the morning, it seems to me. Um, one, of the, one of the concepts that has come to me as I'm starting to get a little older, starting to become a grown-up, hopefully growing in my faith, is that these are not separate categories. Christ is our king and Christ is our high priest. I'm beginning to realize how densely intertwined these categories are, at least the way Scripture presents them, even symbiotic uh, relationships there. Um, so I, I thought it wise to, to read Psalm 110 together. Um, this is a Psalm of David. But Jesus Christ himself, when talking with the Pharisees, said, Psalm 110 is actually about me. If you had eyes, you would see it. And the book of Hebrews makes plain that Psalm 110 is ultimately about Christ as well. Not just the Davidic covenantal king, but the high priest as well. This psalm brings these two categories together beautifully. So if you're able to stand, please do. And let's read Psalm 110 together. Let's read together Psalm 110. The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments. From the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. 
You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the wide earth. He will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. Amen. You may be seated. With these themes in mind, Psalm 72E came to mind. It's a psalm that we sing often, and it's, it's a favorite. But the idea that Christ as king saves, that Christ as high priest saves to the uttermost, as the book of, book of Hebrews says. Psalm 72 is a psalm of Solomon, but he's speaking, he's writing about that ultimate covenantal messianic king, who not only saves to the uttermost, Saves the needy and the poor, those who need it, but he brings tremendous blessing as well. Let's experience together Psalm 72e. He will save the needy when they call, save the poor and those who have no help. He has pity on the poor and weak, and he saves the lives of those in need. From oppression, from everyone. Precious, precious is their life, Lord. How their life is precious in His sight. May He live and go from Sheba's realm, then be given as a gift to Him. May the people always pray for Him. May they bless His name throughout the day. In all regions and upon the hilltops, crops of grain, being fruitful, level on the cedars, may the city thrive like grassy fields, may his name endure forevermore, may it grow as under shining sun, and may people then be blessed in him, and may all the nations call him blessed. May the Lord God, who among us wonders, may the God of Israel be blessed. Blessed be his name, glorious forever. May his glory fill the earth. Amen. Good morning. Christian. What do you believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please join me in prayer, after which we will join together in the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray. Lord our God, 
You are worthy of all our praise. We gather today to give you thanks and praise for your greatness. We praise your mighty works and your promise to never leave or forsake us. We praise you for your wonderful deeds. Your power is limitless. Your wisdom is unparalleled. Your grace is overwhelming and your love endures forever. It never fails. Though there are many ways in which we have failed, we will never exceed your mercy and grace. We thank you for revealing yourself to us, letting us hear your voice through your word today and every day. We ask that your Holy Spirit would be at work, opening our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your word, transforming us into your likeness. We praise you, Lord, for bringing us back this semester, for controlling the virus on campus, and for allowing us to continue to be in person together. We thank you for our sports teams being able to practice and compete, and we praise you for providing for the college in so many ways this year. We praise you for the vaccines that have been developed and are being distributed, and we pray for Geneva to become a vaccine site for our faculty, staff, students, and community. Holy Lord, everything we need is found in you. For those of us who have come here feeling broken, we pray for restoration. For those of us who have come here feeling weak, bring strength. For those who have come here in sorrow or despair, bring joy. For those of us who have come here with doubts, bring faith. For those who come here feeling shame, bring freedom. For those of us who have come here feeling burdened, bring rest. And for those of us who come here feeling anxious, bring peace. Lord, we look to you in times of need, for you are strong and mighty. Father, in these challenging times, we pray for your strength. Today, we pray for all of our community that have been affected by the coronavirus. Those that are currently battling symptoms, we pray for healing. For those who have friends and family members suffering, we pray for hope and encouragement. And for those that are grieving the loss of loved ones, we pray for your peace that passes all understanding. We pray, Lord, for those that are experiencing hardships today due to the extreme cold and snow, for those without power and heat, and especially for the homeless, Lord. We ask that you bring help and relief. Father God, we come to you as a people of this nation, knowing that you own it and everything in it belongs to you. We are not here by accident. You are the one who set us in this nation at this time for the glory of your name. Loving Father, your word says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Help us be a nation that fears you, a nation that is not afraid to acknowledge that you are the true living God. Lord, heal our hearts and heal our land. Remove bitterness and resentment and help us to live as brothers and sisters. We pray as citizens against anything in our country leading to a state of disorder or unrest and to recognize and respect the authority that you have established. Show your mercy upon the people in this land who live with injustice, terror, disease, and death as their constant companions. Forgive us for our failures and show us how we can eliminate the cruelty, cruelty to these, our neighbors. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of this season of Lent. Thank you for knowing our hearts and our need for rhythms in our lives and for drawing us into deeper communion with you throughout the coming weeks leading up to the tragedy of Good Friday and the glory of Resurrection Sunday, reminding us of who you are, how you love us, and who you have created us to be. Heavenly Lord, your name is wonderful and glorious. Let everything on earth sing of your wondrous works, 
You are the King of glory, and we worship you, Lord. We come to your presence and ask for the infilling of the power of your Holy Spirit, without which we can do nothing. We pray that your glory radiates in our lives as we live. Let none of us go here empty-handed. Be with us in this service and make it a fulfilling time in your presence. We pray this all in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen. Our Lord, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Isaiah 53, 7 through 12. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul to death, and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many, and makes intercession for the transgressors. Well, good morning, Geneva. Um, some of you know I'm a Steelers fan, and uh, the Steelers have um, had great centers. Um, and their leading uh, pro, pro Bowl center for many years, Marquise Pouncey, just announced his retirement. And so uh, uh, those of us who are Steelers fans are wondering what's going to happen. So I was reading... Um, an online posting about possible draft choices, okay? And the, and the draft choices, all of them said something like this, which is characteristic of centers. It started out by saying, uh, not known for his athleticism or, or huh, uh, strength not so much in athleticism, but... Right. And then there's something about why they might be able to play professional football. Anyhow, well, <laughs> I was supposed to speak last week, but I was in quarantine 
And so Pastor Titus spoke. And I have to tell you that you may not recognize the gift that we have at Geneva College of having Pastor Will and Pastor Titus. And uh, they are pastoral and theological athletes. And you have a center today. So, um, uh, uh, so please pray with me as we get ready to open God's word together and trust him to uh, lead us in this. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, how rich we are to be found in Jesus Christ. We are so grateful for your goodness to us. And we're grateful that you have given us your word with us in mind. And we ask today that you would simply open our hearts and our minds and our ears to you. That we might, by your power, be able to respond in faith to what you have for us today in Christ's name. Amen. Well, we need prayer. And uh, I really like to think of us at Geneva College as more and more becoming a praying campus. And so I have a couple questions for you. My first question is, uh, who are three people who you know are praying for you kind of beyond your immediate circle of friends at the college? Who are three people that you're pretty confident are praying for you? Okay. Now, the second question is, and I hope you can write down at least three people. The second question is, uh, whose agenda are they praying from? <laughs> are they praying what they think you need or things, that, or, or are they just praying for your prayer request? For instance, do you send prayer requests and you think that's pretty much what they pray for? Or do they have other things in mind as well? So some of you have would have on that list grandmothers or grandfathers who are praying for you. And I can tell you as a grandfather, I got my own agenda. <laughs> now, I'll pray for anything a child or grandchild asks me to. Um, and I think you're probably that way, too. You pray for people and you want to pray for their concerns, but you're praying for other things as well, I'm sure. Well, we're going to think about this question of who's praying for us today from the scriptures. And I want you to know that the passage we're about to read, um, there's a shift right before we get to this passage. So at the end of John 16, Jesus is talking to the disciples and he says, in this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. And then he starts to pray to God the Father, on his agenda. And we're tuning in on that prayer today. I just want you to know, in case you hadn't figured it out, when Jesus says, in this world you will, will have tribulation, if you ever wonder, have you had tribulation? Welcome to COVID. We are in tribulation. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, but we're to take heart, and I think that if we can hear Jesus this morning, as he prays to the Father, we may be able to take heart together. This is the word of God. It's without error. It's infallible. Because it's spoken to us 
by the one living and true God who is completely faithful and trustworthy in all that he says. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. May God add his blessing to this reading and hearing of his word. So three points this morning, three basics. First, Jesus prays for us. Second, what does Jesus pray for us? And third, what is the end or the end game of Jesus' prayer? If you don't remember anything else of what we talk about this morning, I want you to remember this. Jesus has prayed for us and for you. Jesus is praying for us and for you. And Jesus will pray for us and for you. If you look at the the scripture in your bulletin and you look at verse 20, we are included in Jesus' prayer. This is not just a prayer for the disciples. It's a prayer for all of us who believe in Christ through the word that Christ entrusted to them with the idea that we would be coming. He knows us. And he knows you by name. And so the first thing that we need to understand is that Christ is an intercessor. Christ is the prayer. And he prays continually. In Hebrews chapter 7, I always try to work in some of my favorite verses. In Hebrews 20, uh, um, Hebrews chapter 7 uh, is one of them, verse 
uh, I'll read starting uh, at verse 23. It says, The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. This is the Old Testament priesthood. Aaron died and everyone else, all the other priests died. But he, the Lord Jesus Christ, he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. He always lives to make intercession. He's praying for us and he's relentless. He's relentless in how he prays for us. He's praying for us all the time. You don't have to ask Jesus to pray for you. When we pray, we want to pray in the name of Christ, in the name, not like a tagline. We're always joining him in a prayer that's already underway. The scripture says that he knows what we need before we ask, and yet he loves for us to be in conversation with him. It's personal to him. So he's always able to pray for all of us, but he also is praying for us personally. And I want you to know that he's serious about it. He's serious about it. How do we know? It's his spirit as we're taught in Romans 8, that groans for us as we pray. The Spirit helps us to pray well. I don't ever have adequate words to pray, whether it's to glorify God or to ask Him for the things I need, or as as we were talking in a meeting earlier today, I never know how to ask for forgiveness quite right. If, if someone had to judge my repentance, I'd always be found wanting. But Christ helps us. He helps you and he helps me. We don't have to get the words all right. He loves us that much. He's already died for us and risen again for us. And now he prays for us. Uh, this is a rhetorical question, but you have to think about it. How does God the Father answer Jesus? How are Jesus' prayers answered? So when we read John 17 and Jesus prays these things, the answer is yes. It's always yes. Jesus knows just what to pray. He prays always in the Father's will, not his will. And the Father always says yes to Jesus. That's the prayer line we want to learn to be on. We want to learn how to pray with Jesus. God's will. Because God always says yes. So if God's saying yes the Father is saying yes to the Son in agreement, then we better look at what does Jesus pray for us? What is it that he's praying for us? I don't know if you have dogs, and I don't know if you walk, like if you have lived in a neighborhood where 
you, where dogs are walked. But uh, we, Mrs. Trapp and I have, have for the last uh, 25 years, always lived in dog walking neighborhoods. You get to know your neighbors, especially the ones that are out walking their dog. And one of my good friends now is a guy named Mike, and he walked dogs. I always walked dog, right? We had one dog. I would take the dog out for a walk. Watson and I are out walking. And sometimes we'd find Mike and we'd walk together for a little while. And it was okay because Watson is a big dog. And uh, 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 Mike had little dogs that were always jumping up on him. He's very calm and we just walk. So we're walking the dogs and Mike's doing this thing like he's almost skiing. You've seen people that walk their dogs that way. And, uh, and I'm walking next to him. You know, we're just kind of shooting the breeze. And, and uh, he's recently at this point become a Christian. And, you know, I, I'm distracted by the dogs. And that's when these kinds of questions comes. And Mike says, Calvin, why is it that if Christ has done all this to save us, that we don't just go right to heaven? And. Uh, Mike, like many of us, had some broken relationships in his family, and he has some physical issues and, and a bunch of things, and he's reading the news like we are right now, and he's seeing the world and as his viewpoint falling apart in front of him. He says, what is Jesus doing? Why can't we just go right to heaven if we're really saved? And he was believing that he was. Why can't we just go right to heaven? It's a good question. Why doesn't God do that? Well, one of the reasons is the father is answering the son's prayer right here in the scriptures. I'm not asking that you take them out of the world. Okay, here we are. <laughs> I'm not asking, father, that you take them out of the world. We're supposed to be here in the middle of this chaos and confusion and mess. We're supposed to be here under the burdens that we're under. It's hard. But Christ is with us and wants us to be able to be here together. So this is where that phrase you may have heard of before. This is the passage where in the world, but not of the world comes from. And it's a prayer of Christ to the father. Let them be in the world, but not of the world. So that's going to happen. Right. And as much as we agree and work we're going to have the power to do this. This is not too hard for us. Too hard for us alone, but it's not too hard for us. Jesus is with us in being in the world, but not of the world. So that's one of the things he prays for us. But the second thing he prays for us is that God would keep us from the evil one. We just agreed with that when we prayed the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. In some of your Bibles, that's translated, deliver us from the evil one. And Jesus is praying that same thing. It will happen. We will be delivered from the evil one. The evil one will not overcome us. Because Jesus is praying this for us, his agenda. So we have to stay. But as we stay in the world, not of the world, because Jesus is praying and he will certainly already has been answered. 
But it's important that we see a case study of this because this is personal. Christ said, I will not lose one. And so some of us, as we read the scriptures, identify with the apostle Peter. We get a great case study here with Peter. I want you to recall the conversation that Jesus has with Peter right before the betrayal that leads to Christ's condemnation and finally his crucifixion and resurrection. And what happens is Jesus says to Peter, you're going to deny me three times. You're going to deny me three times. And Peter says, no, I'll never deny you. I'll never deny you. And this is what Jesus says to him in Luke 21, 31. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. This is exactly what happens. Peter denies Jesus three times, but he doesn't deny the faith. He doesn't leave the faith. He's protected. By the prayer of Christ, you are protected by the prayers of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's personal with him for you. He knows our names. He is with us in this siege that we're in. And everything that comes with it that maybe we didn't anticipate. He loves us better than the closest human beings praying for us. And they love us tremendously. I want you to notice that in this case, Jesus said, I have prayed for you. He had already prayed for Peter before he even talked to him. What is God through Christ praying for us today that we don't even know is going to happen yet? And I am here to testify to you personally today about the faithfulness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I am old. And I am old enough to have been through difficult things that I know that Christ prayed in advance as one of the ways he cared for me. So what's the end of Jesus' prayer? What's the end game? Well, first, it's our sanctification. Wow, there's a big theological term, except that it shows up in Scripture. So we kind of understand what it means. And this is, a, this is just part of what he's been praying. Let them be in the world, but separate from it. Not out of the world. Not in some little sect in a monastery hidden off somewhere. In the world, but not of it. Set apart as holy to God 
in the midst of life, of real life. So the first thing is our sanctification. The second thing is our unity. Can you hear this? Jesus is praying to the Father for our unity. And what that means is if we're in Christ, we are being unified and we need to work with what's already happening to be unified in Christ. And not only unified with one another, but unified with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do you see how this works? The two great commandments, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus prays that we would be one with one another and one with the Father and the Spirit. Why? Why? Not so we'd be comfortable. Not so life would be easy for us. But for the sake of God himself, that the world may believe that Jesus is the only begotten son of God. One of the things that this calls us to is a kind of fierce fellowship. We crave fellowship. We hate not being able to be closer together all of the time. We hate not being able to choose. But I want you to keep striving to do as much of the fellowship as we can in the most important ways. It's central to what it means for us to be in Christ, in community. And I want us to fight together fiercely for fellowship that brings us all together in Christ so that we can take heart together. Very simple, okay? This is center kind of conversation, right? So just remember this. Jesus Christ is praying for us. Jesus has already overcome everything. He is the reigning king. And he is our high priest. And he is our brother. And he is praying ceaselessly. He always lives to intercede for us. He has prayed for us. He is praying for us. And he will pray for us. And his prayers are always answered by the Father in the affirmative. Everything that Christ asks on our behalf is yes. Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, we come together to you this morning thanking you that you are praying for us and thanking you that you know how to pray. Thank you for helping us to pray by your spirit. And thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Oh, Lord, we pray that we might do well to be in the world, but not of the world. We pray that we would be your sanctified people in word and in deed. And we pray that we would seek the unity and oneness that you have asked for us before the Father. We ask this because your blood shed for us enables us to come to the Father and to come to you and to come to the Spirit and to seek the help that you have promised. And so we ask, Lord, that you would help us in the midst of our tribulations to take heart in you. We pray these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, all you nations, extol him, extol him, all you peoples, for 